I'm Billy Buttery, and this is Food is Culture, a podcast. Today's guest was such a pleasure to have on the show. A fellow podcaster, her and I share such a passion for food. I love my chat with Cece. From chatting with her, it's clear how passionate she is about Korean food and teaching others about Korean food and culture. She shares some amazing recipes. We talk about some pantry and fridge staples, with kimchi being the standout star throughout our chat. Have you tried kimchi? A Korean staple and available at all Asian supermarkets, it elevates and balances so many dishes. Funny story. When I was pregnant with my son, I craved kimchi almost daily. My husband used to tease me that it was such an odd item for a quote white girl to crave. (laughs) I couldn't get enough. Also during that pregnancy, nothing was spicy enough for me, so I ate quite a bit of Asian food. Cece's a great resource for learning about Korean culture. The link to her podcast is in the show notes, and she mentions a new streaming platform that I hadn't even heard of yet. She's more with it than I am. (laughs) Enjoy. Gongbei. Hello, Cece. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited because food is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. Perfect. Me too. So I think we'll have a lot to talk about tonight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Um, How would you define your cultural background? Um, I am a South Korean. I was born in Korea. I lived in the U.S. from five to eight. But since then, well, since I was eight, I lived in Korea until college. And now currently I'm living in the U.S. So cultural background, full on Korean, I guess. Amazing. Amazing. Do you remember, obviously, when you were a kid living in the States? I I remember little parts of it. Yes. And I think I learned most of my English at that age, even though it was really a long time ago. That's so fun. But fully, you know, Korean, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what would you say is your first memory of food? I thought about this for a long time. So my first memory of food is uh, it's something called soy sauce egg rice. It's basically just soy sauce, egg, rice, and and uh, sesame oil on top. But my grandmother used to just make a quick dish out of it. We'll eat it with kimchi. It was really easy to eat. So it's one of my first memories of food, I would say. That sounds delicious. <laughs> it's very simple, very easy, and cheap. So a lot of people who, who are living alone independently away from their parents tend to eat this at their low price, uh, you know, when they don't have the budget for it. Yeah, I mean, well, you kind of hit a whole bunch of food groups right there with protein uh-huh. <laughs> and carbs. It's fantastic. I mean, it's a, like a full-balanced meal. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And would it be like a fried egg or a scrambled egg? A fried egg. Yeah. So you have to make it so that you make the rice first, of course, and you put the rice in a bowl. And on top of it, you put a sunny side up or a over easy egg so that the egg is runny, the yolk is runny. Mm -hmm. And then you would spray some soy sauce and sesame oil, just mix it up, crush it all up. And then it would be so delicious. Oh, that sounds so good with kimchi (laughs) on the side. Yes. Kimchi on the side. Always say, because there's a little bit of greasiness because of the yolk and then the sesame oil. So the kimchi just grabs that greasiness cuts it in half. So it's delicious like that. Oh, so good. So do you, <laughs> would your grandmother make kimchi fresh at home? Yes, actually, uh, most families in Korea, at least a long time ago, would make kimchi fresh every year. Uh, at, in the winter, usually they would buy maybe 12 of the Napa cabbages and make a bunch of it. A long time ago, the whole village would gather together and make a bunch of kimchi and they will all take home a certain amount. So my grandma used to make a bunch. She would give it to our family to my aunt's family and we will all have kimchi for the whole year basically that's so fun that's it's a lot like, of work <laughs> I mean, a lot of work but that makes sense that the whole you know sort of community would come together and do a big batch of it because i'm sure it is a lot of work oh yeah yeah it's it's so much work but it it ends up being so tasty and kimchi keep changing 
tastes over time. So by the end of it, it's a little bit more sour, but it's great in soup. So mm-hmm. we love to keep our kimchi a long time. Mm-hmm. And do you like it a little bit spicy? I do, but not too spicy. I make my own kimchi even in the US and I tend to put too much of the spice. At first when I made it, I put too much of the pepper flakes that it became too spicy. But you know, what's food without some spice in it, right? <laughs> I agree. And the spicier, the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, growing up, was your grandmother your co- the cook in the house? I would say so. Yeah. My mom didn't really like cooking as much, but she did make some interesting dishes and delicious things. But my grandmother loved cooking and she always took care of everyone, like my grandfather, the children. My mom and dad both worked. So we would be with our grandma a lot of the times. So she would have to cook for us. But after a while, I love cooking myself. So I started doing a lot more experiments and cooking for myself as well. When did you move out of your out of your house? To the US or just out out? Out of like yeah, out of your parents' house. Oh so there's a pretty common concept in Korea. Most people don't really leave their home until they find a really good job or they're married because in Korea, the deposit is in an insane amount of money. So it's better to stay with your parents. So I would say because I came to the US in college, mm-hmm. I didn't leave until I came all the way to the US. Oh, wow. And did you start cooking when you were at home? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I was younger, I would just like whip up something, learn how to make it, you know, look up some recipes, try it out because it was just a hobby of mine. That's so fun. So <laughs> would you say that your grandmother sort of helped to teach you when you were a kid? Um, I don't think so, actually, because I never really asked. She does actually right now if I have questions about the kimchi, like if it wasn't salty enough or if it wasn't just right, I would ask her. So she is kind of the teacher. But mm-hmm. as growing up, we didn't cook together a, ho- a whole lot because she would like to cook everything, have everything done and then make us just go and play, you know, because we we're kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your favorite dish from your childhood? My favorite dish, and it still is, um, is meat <laughs> in general. Mm-hmm. But back then, when I was younger, I ate anything chicken with, you know, so much enthusiasm. My parents were like, were you like a cat in your past life? Because I would love <laughs> chicken, anything so much. I would go to a restaurant, look for anything that's chicken. I would order that all the time. Right now, my favorite is pork, but you know, it was my favorite thing to eat back then. That's so fun. When you had moved back to Korea, was there something from the U.S. that you craved that you remember craving? As a kid, not so much because I feel like when you're growing up, you just eat whatever is tasty and it, it's yeah. not, you're growing up. So you keep changing and your taste change. Mm-hmm. I guess there were some, uh, let's say, let's see, I think maybe candy that they didn't have, mm-hmm. but nothing too, too significant. Cause I was only eight years old back mm-hmm. then. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I try and think back. I always ask guests about their childhood. Then I'm like, I don't really know if I remember too much about being a kid. It's sort of like you remember parties or weddings, but maybe not necessarily like everyday food. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. But I I just loved making food, eating food. Um, even in high school, I would... We have something called after, after school class, which is really late. And then you just stay and you study by yourself and they have rooms for that. And I would just, you know, play hooky, go out, buy a bunch of snacks and uh, skewers of chicken again, I guess. (laughs) Those are really spicy, but it's fun because it's kind of like a challenge. So I would bring all my friends, try this really spicy chicken skewer, and then we'll go get some ice cream and some other crackers and munch on it all evening while studying. So yeah, that's my really good memory of food. That sounds so good. (laughs) 
now what's your favorite dish? Right now, my favorite dish is pork belly, actually. It's mm. delicious. It's uh, pretty good if you're on a keto diet, I can tell you this, because all you do, get sliced pork belly. I think only Asian markets, some of the Costco in Texas had it before because my sister's there, mm-hmm. but you just get it with lettuce and perilla leaves, I think it's what it's called, but it's basically sesame leaves and get some type of dip. It's called samjang. I don't know how to explain it, but it's kind of spicy, sweet, but also salty. It's very delicious. Mm. And then you eat it with raw garlic if you can. If you don't, that's Mm. fine. Wrap it up with the lettuce and the leaf. Oh, it is so good. And you just eat it in one bite. It's delicious. That sounds so good. It sounds (laughs) like a healthy, like Mamafuku park bun. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I mean, it's so good. I actually started keto at a certain point or low carb more like. And while I was in Korea, that was my go-to. I would go to a meat place. We will cook the meat in the middle. I would always eat that for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Did you find our sort of like American, um, North American style? style Korean barbecues are authentic or not really? I mean, there are some places that have Korean barbecue that are similar, but the biggest difference is that most places in the U.S. use the electric grill, like the fire or it's gas stove or an electric. But in Korea, they have a lot of places where they use charcoal or the actual, I don't know what it's called, but it's like looks like wood or some type of charcoal that's in the middle. Mm-hmm. So everyone cooks together and there's that nice smokiness that comes from that charcoal charcoal that goes into the Korean barbecue. So I guess that's the biggest difference, if anything. So it's more like authentic barbecue as opposed to just like a heated grill that we would use here in most places. Yeah, I mean, heated grills is still good because it's still tasty and it does have all the side dishes Mm because I think it's the biggest difference of American cuisine and Korean cuisine is how much side dish we can have. We have mm-hmm. kimchi, we have this salad that has mayonnaise in it. It's called sarada. I don't know why, but there's that. There's also a bunch of bland vegetables, blanched vegetables that has a little bit of garlic and salt and some sesame seeds on it. There's just so many varieties of side dishes. Those are called panchan that you eat with your main dish. Panchan? Panchan, yes. Okay. I mean, those are my favorite. Whenever we go to Korean barbecue, I love there's um, this one place that we go to and they have such good, I think it's bean sprouts with um, different like very thinly sliced vegetables. And there's like carrots and maybe celery in it. It's so good. Whatever they marinate it in is so yummy. I always order like three of those. (laughs) I agree. Those are so good. And the, the great thing is that you can ask for more if you finished it so mm-hmm. you just keep giving it to you it's awesome <laughs> I love it I mean so I when I was younger I used to work at um at a spot and our manager was Chinese but she loved this one Korean grill house that was near our work so whenever we'd go out for dinner like as like work friends we'd all go out and I remember this one night I was so hungry I'd skip lunch because I was so excited for dinner so we we're at the <laughs> Korean grill house and I had had three bowls of rice and my manager was so shocked she was like you know Asian women do not eat that much rice you have one bowl that's it maybe like a big guy would have two you ate three and I was like well I was hungry <laughs> I skipped lunch because I was so excited uh, and that's so funny. <laughs> I think rice is so good it's just the great thing is that rice can be good with any of the side dish that it comes with mm-hmm. even just with seaweed paper you can eat a whole bowl of rice because it's so good just with other type of foods my husband's favorite is um rice wrapped in he'll have like a turkey slice wrapped in a turkey slice <laughs> 
that sounds delicious. That sounds really good, actually. I would yeah. like to try that. <laughs> well, so when he was a kid, he, him and his mom, they would have like the rice cooker going and whatever rice was left over from dinner, like the next day or whatever, they would like stand at the fridge and eat it like, you know, get a load of rice <laughs> and then put it into like the hot rice still from the rice cooker, put it into the, you know, turkey slice and have a bite. And to this day, he still does it whenever we have leftover rice. And my kids now love it. It's like their favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's some sweetness that comes from eating meat with rice. That's one thing that I love to do. So when I had to give that up because I was doing the low carb thing, it was really sad because I miss that sweet juiciness that comes with eating the meat on top of the rice. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Now my mouth is watering and I want barbecue. <laughs> with rice. We're going to go out for it this week, probably. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I mean, I think restaurants are still closed in my city oh, yeah. for another couple of weeks. And the funny thing is as an, as an adult, so I used to love going to Korean grill house when I was younger, but now as an adult with kids, my husband, whenever he suggested, I'm like, I cook at home. I don't want to cook at a restaurant. So whenever we go yeah. to Korean grill house, he cooks. Cause I'm like, I we're out for dinner. I'm not cooking tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, it's very expensive to go to grill houses in, in the U.S. in general from my personal experience. I guess L.A. had some cheaper places, mm-hmm. but uh, because in Korea, you could go to some places that are a little cheaper, but the meat isn't as good quality. Mm-hmm. But in general, even if the meat is good, it's not as expensive as in the U.S. So I do miss that part of it. Yeah, it's almost sort of like you're paying a premium, I think, in North yes. America to cook your own food <laughs> for the novelty, yes, I yes. guess, of it, right? <laughs> and because it is sort of like all you can eat in a way, right? With like all the different side dishes and everything. If someone hadn't had Korean food before, what would you say is, okay, you need to have this one dish. This to like, this is like the epitome of Korean dishes. Oh goodness. Um, for the dish itself, I would say, uh, purgogi, which is Korean barbecue in a way, but it's easy to make at your home. You can get all the ingredients in the U S it's super tasty. It goes with right. You can rice, you can eat it with just salad. If you wanted to, or with uh, just lettuce leaves or anything. So prugogi is what I would suggest. Okay. And what is that? So let me explain. So prugogi is you would get really thinly sliced beef. The softer, the better, but it's okay. It's thin. So you can get something a little bit more chewier, but you can get that. Put soy sauce, garlic, green onion, salt, pepper, depending on how salty you want it and sugar in it Mm. with sesame oil and a little bit of red pepper flake. You don't have to put that in, but I like to. And you uh, mix that with onions. You don't have to put onions in either, but I like it that way. And it's better if you leave it for a day or two, but you can cook it, cook it right away on a frying pan. It would be this sweet and kind of brownish meat that is really good with anything, especially with rice. And it's easy to eat. And I would say if you're brave enough, try kimchi. Some people might find it a little bit pungent at first, but Brugogi all the way. It's really good. Anyone would love that. Sounds so good. Well, and I love I, kimchi. To me, I find it so interesting how a lot of different places in the world have similar sort of preservation techniques for meat and for different vegetables. So, mm-hmm. I mean, kimchi, I love the idea of it because you take it when it's at its harvest and then you have it all year round and you have it in the dead of winter, which is similar to, let's say, like sauerkraut, which would they, they would have in, in Germany. Sort of oh, like oh, a yeah, spicier, yeah. exotic cousin of sauerkraut. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do think that almost all Asian countries have it too. 
and anything pickled would be similar, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the way that they're preserving it. But sauerkraut is very similar because of the way how it's fermenting and then it tastes a little bit more sour and it changes over time. So yeah, I would agree with that, except mm -hmm. kimchi is spicy, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and there's like just a little bit more, I guess, seasoning, because I'm trying to think of sauerkraut. It's pretty simple in the ingredients, but it's the same sort of idea. Like you crush it into the jar, right? When you're making uh, kimchi? Crush, crush the red pepper? Crush the... Um, the cabbage. Oh, oh no, you don't crush it. You well, actually, there's two ways to make it. Uh, the cabbage, the first one is just having it whole and then you brine, you have to brine it in salt for a long time, actually. That's the hardest part because all you have to do is leave it, but it, it feels like the hardest part because you have to wait. But uh, the way my grandmother and most people do it in Korea is they get the whole Napa cabbage. They will maybe cut it in half and then brine it in salt and they will make the rest of the side stuff that goes inside and then between all leaves, they will put in that that mixture. Uh, cool. Another way is to just cut it up into a bite size before you do that and then brine it and you just mix it up with all the ingredients. But yeah, you don't, it takes a long time because you have to put it in leaf by leaf when you're making it the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that, but I mean, it's worth it to me. I think kimchi oh, is just yeah. so good. It's so good. I do miss that. And it's as much as as much work as it is, I can't live without it. So I would make it every, I guess, a month or two oh, because wow. it takes me a little bit of time to make and not enough room in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In Korea, everyone, almost every house has a kimchi fridge separate. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they would keep the kimchi in there and maybe sometimes fruit or other panchan again. But yeah, most most families have it because they have these big plastic containers that's made for kimchi that's staying in there. And then you pull it out, you get one of those big Napa cabbages and you uh, then chop it up when you're about to eat it and then leave it in a smaller bowl so you could eat it for a week or so and then refill it every time you need more. That's so cool. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> so fun. And then I guess like everybody's house, their own kimchi tastes like a little bit different. Oh yeah, everyone tastes it. Um, also, depending on where you come from, there are different things that people put in it. Like some places, I'm from Seoul and that's kind of the, the most populated area. And we didn't put any of the fish or anything, but I heard some places put fish, some places put oyster in it. So depending on where you come from, the ingredients vary a lot as well. That's so fun. Well, one of the Asian markets that's near us that we grocery shop a lot at, um, they do fresh kimchi and there's, they do two types. They do one with fish sauce and then one without. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We put in usually um, shrimp, like a I don't know how to call it. It's like pickled shrimp or something. Okay. But because I don't have that here, I could buy it, but I would only use it when I make kimchi. So I would use fish sauce for it. Mm -hmm. And then you can taste a big difference if you put it in or not. Fish sauce is now my new kind of like secret ingredient. I've started, my husband isn't a huge fish eater, but I think that just fish sauce and even if you add anchovies, it makes such a difference in so much cooking. It really adds that umami flavor that's missing, I think, from... Um, from so many dishes. Yeah, that's so cool that you're using that because it is a secret ingredient for a lot of <laughs> Koreans. You can put it in soup, you can put it in anything you make and it adds that flavor that's missing. Totally. I was making just <laughs> a simple pasta the other night um, with mascarpone and just like some crushed tomatoes. And I um, 
I put in some anchovy paste and then some chili flakes. I was making it just for my husband and I, my kids were eating something else. Mm -hmm. And my husband, as soon as I put it in, he goes, and he, like I said, he's not a huge fish eater. He walked in, he goes, what is that smell? It smells so good. Did you put meat in there? Is there steak in there? I was like, no, it's, it's anchovy paste. Didn't it make like, and it made such a big difference in the flavor. It just added such a level of depth that I think that you just can't achieve without that umami flavor. Yeah. And it's so shocking because you don't think it would go with all this kind of food, mm-hmm. but then you add it and it makes such a big difference and it's delicious. It is for sure. And you mentioned sesame oil uh, earlier. And to me, like that's a necessity in our fridge. I add sesame oil to so many things. <laughs> oh, yeah. It adds that. I don't, I don't think America has this, this word because I've been talking about it with my husband, but whenever you eat something grainy or even rice, there's this taste that we call kosuata, which is like that sesame oil taste, like mm-hmm. the mm, grainy. <laughs> yes. Grainy is the perfect word. Totally. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. I need to, my mouth is watering. I need some food now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I'm really hungry. I'm actually eating Korean fried chicken today because it's oh. my husband's birthday. Oh my goodness. Amazing. <laughs> yes. I am really excited. Korean fried chicken is not as common here, but luckily there is about three stores that sell it in this state of Colorado. And I'm really excited. It's so good. And it's not, I like American fried chicken, but it's very different. Mm-hmm. So different. So I'm so excited for this. It's funny <laughs> that you mentioned that because I've been having such a craving for Korean fried chicken. I've only had it once. Um, I was pregnant with my daughter and this was about two years ago and we had moved to this neighborhood and my husband was like, oh, I was driving by. It's Korean barbecue, you know, fried chicken. I'm sure it'll be good. It was so delicious. And it just popped into my head the other day and I've been craving it. So now I'm going to have to have it. Oh, you should go get it. I mean, I just love how many flavors there are. There are some new flavors that didn't exist when I was younger, like honey butter fresh chicken. And honey butter chip got so big in Korea at one point that you couldn't go to a store and buy it. After that got so big in Korea, and then they added they started adding it to chicken. And I honestly didn't think it would be that good. And when I I went back to Korea this year until about a month ago and I tried it. It was so good. I would suggest anyone to try it if you have it anywhere near you because it's so tasty. Mm, I was going to ask what your favorite flavor was. So honey butter. My favorite flavor actually is soy sauce. (laughs) Oh, that sounds good. Soy sauce fried chicken. (gasps) Yeah. Mm. I mean, you think it'll be salty, but that one's also kind of has a sweetness, but the tangy sweetness that has the soy sauce base. So... Mm. That one's my favorite. But if you don't like something kind of uh, has like a sticky texture, then I would say try the honey butter because that one is a powder that they cover it with. Oh, wow. Okay, so that is your celebration food for your husband's birthday. What else is your favorite celebration food? Um, It depends, but I guess because depending on what celebration you're doing in Korea, it's different. But in general, when we're celebrating birthdays or any celebration in Korea, we would get cake, which I think is the same for America. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, on birthdays, usually it's tradition to eat seaweed soup. Because uh, when your mother has your child, it is custom to make her seaweed soup because seaweed has a lot of iron in it because, you know, the mother loses a lot of blood and she needs a lot of nutrients. So that would be what they make for the mother. So a birthday is a day where you eat seaweed soup. That's so fun. So is seaweed soup sort of like miso? No, it's uh, actually clear. And then you just like, most people 
put in beef or just eat it without any meat in it, but it's a clear soup. You season it with salt or soy sauce, depending on what you like better. And of course, sesame oil goes in it, but it's really tasty and healthy for you. Yeah, that sounds so interesting. I love that, how you celebrate what your mom ate after she had you. You celebrate your own birthday (laughs) by eating that. That's so fun. I guess if you think about it, it is strange, but I guess it is also remembering that this was the day that you were given birth. So Mm -hmm. I find it very sweet as well. Yeah. It reminds me of that meme. I saw the meme a couple of years ago and it was like, you know, it's funny that we celebrate you on the day that your mother did all the work. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) So it's, it's a nice Korean tradition that you sort of think of what your mother ate and what she went through and celebrate that by eating, you know, something Mm -hmm. that she would have eaten after birth. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. That's so sweet. And is Korea, is there a predominant religion in Korea? Um, I would say in the past it was Buddhism because that's what came in first, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, there's totemism. And if we go back and back, there's whole whole of that. But right now, I think Christianism is really widespread in Korea. There's a lot of Christians in Korea. And do you celebrate Christmas? Yes, I do. <laughs> Actually, we all do. We, we do, but Christmas is a little bit different in Korea than the U.S. Um, Christmas in Korea, a lot of people think of it as a dating day. You know, oh. when when my sister and I live with our parents in the U.S., so we we thought of it as a family day and trees and presents. Mm-hmm. But a lot of Koreans, when they're young, especially, they would wish they had a boyfriend or a girlfriend so they can go out and celebrate Christmas together and give gifts to each other and walk in these pretty streets. So it's kind of a dating day for That's that so day, fun, like a romantic day. Oh, yes, yes, for it's sure. It's like the prelude to Valentine's Day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, Korea has a Valentine's Day and a White Day, which is the next month on the 14th. White Day is the girl, girls' day, so the guys give girls candy. And then Valentine's Day is for the guys to get chocolate from the girls. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's interesting. I like that. <laughs> yep. Makes it equal. I I thought it wasn't fair because I like chocolate more than... So in Korea, when we say candy, we don't include chocolate in it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was like, what about... I wanted chocolate, not candy. So <laughs> I wish it was the other way around. <laughs> well, at least in North America, we have like M&Ms, which is like the best of both worlds, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. My personal favorite. Do you celebrate New Year's Eve or is it closer to the Lunar New Year's that you celebrate? We do the Lunar New, Year, New Year's, but of course we do celebrate that the year is changing. So we have a bell within Seoul that we ring, I think, 33 times, I believe. I'm not too sure why, but uh, we do celebrate it that way. But the family gather on the Lunar, lunar New Year more. And then they would eat something called a tteokguk, which is a rice cake soup. Mm-hmm. And you just have this long rice cake. It looks like a thick noodle, basically. And they cut it in kind of an oval shape. And then they make it into soup. And when you eat that, it kind of means that you aged one year. So oh. when you're younger, you're going to be like, I'm going to eat three bowls and get three years older. So that was a common <laughs> thing people said. But yeah, that's how we would celebrate it. And all the family would gather and say hi wish you luck. And we do something called sebe, which is you bow to the older people 
and then they say something nice to you. And usually in modern days, money comes with it. So that's the day the kids get to say, oh, good luck to you this new year. And then the parents or the older people will give money and tell them to have good luck New Year's as well. I love that. And that's sort of like the red envelopes. Uh, no, actually. In Korea, we just uh, either give it in just a white envelope or just give them money. I think the red envelope is more China and Vietnam, but oh, okay. Korea doesn't really have that. It doesn't have the same things. Mm-hmm. I love that. But I, I mean, I love New Year- Lunar New Year's. I think it's so pretty. <laughs> all the red and golds and um, all the different, just everything about it. I love. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. And I get to see my family and I have, I have a very big family on my dad's side. So it was just a good day to meet all my cousin. And we would usually go and play games at a PC rooms because it's really popular in Korea, PC bongs, or watch a movie. And our parents, especially the male side of it, will play some cards with each other. So it was like a family day. It's Mm -hmm. pretty fun. That's so fun. And would you celebrate it at midnight or sort of just like an all-day celebration? Oh, it's an all-day celebration. What are you most looking forward to? I know you just came back, but what are you most looking forward to when you visit next? Oh, there's so much I look forward to, but mostly, I guess, spending time with my parents. But food-wise, I know some people would not like this, but I really like blood sausage soup. So. And it's really hard to get it in the U.S. And even if you get it, it's not quite right. I haven't had a chance to get a good one. So whenever I go back, I would eat a lot of that and then I'll come back. That's so interesting. Have you ever had um, Irish blood sausage? No, but I've heard of it. And I feel like there might be a different like spice to it, but I would love to try it one day. I wonder how similar or different it might be. Mm-hmm. See, see, like I said, I think that it's so interesting how so many different countries have similar sort of dishes or elements. Um, and yeah. it's just sort of like the flavoring that makes it different, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we see a lot of similarities between Mexico, uh, Mexican cuisine and Korean cuisine too, which my mother said, so I'm not 100% sure which one, but some of their soups and then the spiciness of food, it just seems very similar. Totally. Well, now that you said that, I'm just thinking to, um, what is the the Mexican soup that has like, it has like very thinly sliced, um, I think it's pork, which kind of reminds me of sort of like an, maybe not specifically Vietnamese, but like an Asian style Is it soup. pozole? pozole um, I don't know the food names that well, but yeah, I, I do blanking. know that that is the type of soup that's similar to Korean, which is really cool. Yeah. And lots of green onion as well. And I'm pretty sure that they use sesame oil as well. So very cool. similar. Yeah. What would you say is your favorite thing to make for your husband or for friends that are coming over and you're like, okay, I want to make something sort of like fusion? Yeah. So I would make something called spicy pork. Uh, The whole name in Korean is cheyukbokgum. It's basically, you get pork. Usually pork belly is great because it has a lot of oil and it, you know, fat's tasty. But uh, you put red pepper flakes and onion, carrots, thinly sliced in it. And then it would be kind of sort of sweet, but spicy kind of meat. And always people loved it. And there's not really people who don't like it. So that's what I would love to make for people. Oh, that sounds so good. It's delicious. It's so good. And it's even good as a drinking food. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can imagine that it's like a really nice crisp beer or something. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Mm, yummy. Okay. Well, I'm so excited to for people to come and listen to your podcast. Would you want to share your podcast information? Oh, sure. Sounds great. Thank you. So I have a podcast with my sister. She lives in Texas and we are two Koreans who are currently living in America. Our podcast is called Tebak Sisters. Tebak is spelled D-A-E-B-A-K. And it's about Korean culture and what it's like being two Koreans living in America. So it's mostly a lot of cultural stories, but it's very casual. We don't try to be too educational. There's a lot of bantering going (laughs) along with it because my sister and I are that kind of people. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. So if you want to check out more Korean culture, we talk about all this White Day, Valentine's Day, Christmas, all that kind of stuff. So I would love to have you. That's so fun. And when did your sister move to the States? She uh, moved, let's see, she's currently in grad school. So she moved for the grad school about seven years ago. She's at her last year. So she's trying to finish it up and then graduate, but that's when she moved. I guess it's hard not living in the same place as your sister. Yeah, but you know, it's sometimes okay to have some room between your family. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and it's nice that you guys have a podcast together. So you, there's like sort of a reason to to stay in touch and talk more often than maybe you would if you weren't doing the podcast together. Yeah, it's a great excuse to have conversation with your sister. So I'm glad mm-hmm. I have it. That's so fun. I love that. And do you have a YouTube or do you just post the podcast to the YouTube? Uh, I post my my podcast on Spotify, iTunes, uh, TuneIn, Podbean, anywhere you can find me. I do have a YouTube channel. I just use it for a lot of my projects, but you can find me actually on Twitch. I am under CC Monkey, M-O-N-G-K-E-E. So if you want to find me on Twitch, I would be there. I will answer all your Korean questions, but mostly I'll be playing games. So I would love to have you there as well. I'm so old. What is Twitch? Twitch is a platform where you can either do art, cook, or play games, and then you can share that stream with anyone who wants to see it. So if you're a viewer, you would come in and watch what you're doing and have a conversation if you wanted to, or just hang out, you know, watch what's going on. So that's what Twitch is. That sounds so fun. I need to get on it. Oh yeah, definitely. There's going to be a lot of... Uh, if you want, there are cooking channels as well. People cook. People also make music on it. It's it's a lot of fun, I would say. That's so fun. I have to check it out. I'm just, I'm so out of the loop. There's so many new things. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, well, I want to wrap it up so that you can get to your um, your Korean brunch uh, okay. again. Oh my goodness. I'm so jealous. I'm so excited. <laughs> I need to like Uber Eats right this minute. <laughs> so we'll wrap it up with some rapid fire questions. Um, are you ready? Yes, I I think so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Water or land? Water. Apple or pineapple? Apple. Favorite drink? Uh, scotch. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, imagine you're in a cafe anywhere in the world mm-hmm. and you hear, you know, glasses being cleared, people chatting, maybe there's music. What city are you in? New Orleans. <laughs> oh, are you inside or outside? Inside. Are you, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a chicory coffee with beignets. Mm, yes. And who are you with? I am with my husband. Yay. Amazing. And have you been there before? No, I have not. You I'm haven't. surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised you asked this question and I felt like I was already ready to answer this. This was not planned at all. I just, uh, it popped into my head. It's a uh, place I want to go. <laughs> I love that. It's like you're putting it in the universe and it's going to happen before we know it. Oh, yes, for sure. I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite place that you've been to in the States? Your favorite food place? Favorite food place? Oh, that's a difficult question. 
Oh, it's a rapid question. What do I do? Um, <laughs> no, no, this isn't a rapid question. This is just, oh, okay. <laughs> I was so excited by your New Orleans um, answer. That's fantastic. Oh, I, have, I haven't been to New Orleans, but I, I'm dying to go. Oh, I heard it's beautiful. And my husband yeah. and I swing dance, so we love to hear swing music. So we're guessing there's a lot of jazz there. And mm-hmm. it's part of the reason why I want to go. A favorite place I went to in the U.S. Actually, it might sound funny, but um, on our anniversaries, we've went to Morton's quite a few times, and it was a very different world. And I enjoyed the experience quite a bit. So yeah, Morton's, I would say. Morton's Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yep. so fun. We have one here in Toronto as well. Oh, okay. I mean, it's very fancy and yeah. expensive. That's why we only went maybe once a year or another every other year or something. But they never brought us the menu whenever we got in. They bring a cart. They do a presentation of what kind of ingredients they have. It was just really fancy and fun. That's so fun. Well, then you know it's fresh and you get to pick it. That's so fun. Yeah, it's cool. I love that. Okay, and so if you were to pick a food to describe your personality, what would it be? I think I would be a a dumpling or an empanada or a potsticker. So anything like that has dough outside and you don't know what what is inside. Because you (laughs) never know what crazy you will get when you bite into it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and from our talk, I would say something a little bit spicy do you like spice? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not good with spicy. My sister is though. I think her tongue is kind of broken. I tell her all the time <laughs> because she eats too spicy. But yes, I do like spicy food. So something spicy, some type of pot sticker. I love that. I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I had so much fun. Oh, well, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I talked a lot about food and I loved it. <laughs> good. Well, you are welcome back anytime. So you and your sister, whenever you guys want to come and pop all over here and I'm happy to, I'm happy to talk food anytime, ah. any day. I mean, now I'm starving. So now I need to go eat. <laughs> yeah. You should grab some fried chicken. Yay. Yes. 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 Okay. Is there anything else you want to share today? Well, everybody, I know it's still hard because of Corona, but I hope you enjoyed her podcast and she is bringing a lot of cool culture. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast for the rest of her podcast life. Oh, thank Yay. you so much. Well, and I'm, I'm going to say if anyone hasn't gone to Korean barbecue, to please go support your local restaurants whenever they open because it's such a fun experience, um, especially oh, yes. with a couple friends and just eat a whole bunch of food and just really enjoy. Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Cece. Have a great night. Wasn't that a mouth-watering chat? I hope your next meal is soon. <laughs> if you're craving more, I would love to have you over on Instagram. I share images of the guests each week, food pictures, and recipes that aren't necessarily shared on the show or show notes. As much as I started this podcast so I can learn and talk about my love for food and cultures, without you, the listeners, I wouldn't be here. I would love to hear from you. What culture would you like to know more about? Is there a food topic or issue you'd like some more context on? Is there a food question you've always wanted to ask? Or maybe a suggestion for someone I should interview? Slide into my DMs. My hand is at foodisculture.apodcast. Of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. It helps the show rank higher in search results. And if someone is searching for a food podcast, I would love for Food is Culture to show up for them. Cheers.